Hey, this is Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Ross. And we just want to take a quick moment to, uh, to announce something at the top of the show, let you know about a cool thing we're doing. We think it's cool. Hopefully you'll think it's cool too, but it's also uh, asking for help as well. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> we, we are approaching you with our hands out. Yes, we're, we're, we're standing in a cartoon barrel. I'm in a cartoon barrel. Cole has his hands in his pockets going, you can't pay. Um, I'll yeah. gladly pay you tomorrow for a Patreon yeah. today. Yeah, yes, for, for a podcast today. Yes. Uh, we, we're starting a Patreon. Mm-hmm. We started a Patreon. Yeah. So um, you'll remember last year we did a uh, Kickstarter uh, kind of as a way to fund a, uh, a live show for Watch Out for Fireballs. But um, we feel that Patreon is more in line with what we're doing, which is creating a, a great deal of content on a very regular basis for an awesome and dedicated audience like you. Yes. Yeah. Like uh, the, the Kickstarter was awesome and you guys really brought it and that was way appreciated. Way appreciated. <laughs> like, We've been like, recording like, for a long time. I sound like an idiot. Um, but the, uh, this is an uncomfortable was, situation, Gary. Yes, yeah, so it, it was very appreciated. Um, but we, you know, things didn't stop when we, when we did that. We kept uh, kept going, and we've been doing more, and we're really, really into it. And there's other things we'd like to do. Um, you know, we want to invest back in the network. We want to do another live show. Um, you know, and we want to also have an easy kind of pathway for people who are able, you know, to kind of uh, pitch in a little bit. Um, it's not pressure. We're not holding anything hostage. The show's free. It's always going to be free. Um, we would never do that kind of nonsense. Um, but if you've got, you know, a buck a month, a couple bucks a month, um, and you're, you know, consider doing this, we'd really appreciate it because it's a really concrete show of appreciation. And we put a lot of work into what we do, um, and produce a lot of stuff, yeah. you know? So, uh, we, uh, we're, we're proud to kind of roll this out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. So you're wondering, what do we get out of this, aside from the satisfaction of supporting, you know, this thing that we like, which, you know, mm-hmm. you should feel terrible for not having give us, giving us Or a thing that you don't like. And if so, <laughs> stop stop listening a couple seconds ago. <laughs> no, you don't no, accidentally no. download a podcast, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here? Yeah. No. No, uh, but uh, so you're asking like, hey, you know, what, like what, what's in it for us? You know, we've we've thought about it for a little while. We've gone back and forth and we feel that the best thing that we can give you is access. So mm-hmm. at one dollar a month, you get access to our Patreon only stream, which will give you production details. Right. Yep. Things so about- this is a uh, you know, we're not going to let this uh, turn into a, 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 a Wofi or no, not Wofi, um, Waff Track situation. Where, where we did it, we said we were going to do something and didn't quite do it, and we are going to do it. Mm-hmm. Trust us, we just yeah. haven't done it yet. It is going to be a regular thing. We're going to write about uh, kind of the background behind each show. We're going to ping pong these. It's going to come out once a week, mm-hmm. um, and it's going to be like a blog entry where we talk about uh, the producing the show. Some of it's going to be insider tech stuff. Some of it's just going to be you know whatever, like thoughts on the game that didn't make it. You know, it's going to be pretty up in the air, but it's going to be kind of it's going to be accessy. Yeah, <laughs> which which is the theme. And it's three dollars a month. Three dollars. That is so little. That is two pops a month or sodas yeah. if you're living outside of the, mis- uh, the Midwest. That is mm-hmm. early access to shows. So, you know. One beer if you're a man. <laughs> Sody pop and a lollipop. No. Uh, so, so, so three dollars. Like, you know, we, so we're going to fuck up occasionally. <laughs> Like, yeah. like shit gets real sometimes. However, you know, what we want to do is say like, hey, if you want the show a day early, three bucks gets you that. Yep. Yeah. So if you're, you're interested in that, um, you know, and the, the, similar to like the, uh, you know, we talk a lot about what happens if we die between when we record something that's like released. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, us not doing this is going to be the like, well, somebody died. 
<laughs> you know, this is going to be the Cole gets hit by another car thing. But other than that, we'll be able to stick to this. Yeah. So, and the reason why I keep emphasizing how accountable we're going to be is because I feel like that's a fear with a lot. You know, we're not going to double fine you. Yeah. And, uh, and, and not actually do the things we're going to, mm. we say, you know, yeah. do so. And you, you know, like <laughs> the waft tracks thing aside, which again, we yes. are working on, don't yeah. worry. Depression is a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. um, but, uh, but no, like, uh, like, like for real, I, f- I feel like we have a, we have a tremendous track record of getting stuff out, you know, on the day we say we're going to do it. You know, this, this business thrives on regularity. And what we want to do is extend that to uh, people who, you know, extend themselves to us. Yeah, I think we've only missed one, and yeah. I think it was the car one, which is the, a great excuse, and we still managed to put something out. <laughs> That's so awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. so good. So yeah, we we covered for it. We got you covered. Yeah. We, we ain't gonna fuck you. Um, <laughs> what do we get at the next tier? Cole has this in front of him, and I do not. <laughs> well, at $5 <laughs> a month, just $5, that is one and a half sodas, or one and three quarters beers. That totally or one doesn't make $5 Long. Yes, or or one meatball marinara, mm-hmm. <laughs> or one. Uh, so that's the five sixths of a BMT. No, that is um, entry into the uh, something we're doing new, which is a monthly live video broadcast, uh, which is similar to the Watch Out for Interactions, where you get to uh, throw in some uh, some uh, you know just a, just a question for us to answer and uh, be able to participate in that right there. And, you know, everybody will be able to listen to that eventually and watch that mm-hmm. eventually. But uh, what we want to do is, you know, make that more of a thing because on all of our shows, we tend to focus on a topic. But, uh, you know, every other podcast tends to be right in about a thing and we answer a thing. And we want to do a little bit of that as well. Yeah. Yeah. You can ask us questions about games. You can ask us questions about anything. Yeah. And you'll be, it's going to be kind of like a Hangout uh, situation. It might even specifically be a Google Hangout on the air. So. Yeah, ex- exactly. It might be some kind of hangout. Yes. Um, okay. But you can find through Google. Yeah, capital H, lowercase h. Uh. But uh, yeah, so and you'll be able to participate in that and hang out and chat and ask us questions and, mm-hmm. and just hang out. Yeah. So and we're going to do that once a month. Yeah. Um, again, you know, <laughs> parents can die. But other than that... <laughs> The, um, yep. We're going to keep that regular. Yep. And we're going to try and get like network, other, like other network people. So like, maybe yes. you want to know what Dennis has to say. I do. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's going to be, uh, you can't stop talking about his fucking kid. <laughs> um, we, it's going to be me, Cole, and one other person probably mm-hmm. most yep. months. So, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the upper levels, you know, I, I hate to, like, hop on the air and interrupt you. You want to hear about No Man's Wharf as much as we want to talk about No Man's Wharf. Um, but uh, there's going to start getting into like physical rewards uh things about in jokes things about uh, postcards and little memorabilia uh that you can keep we recommend that you go to duckfeed.tv slash tip jar and uh use the little patreon link there in order to check that out you know again you know we don't take this lightly coming to you and asking for money um what this is is us weighing two options which is um incentivizing making you guys happy and providing you with regular content um and doing as we do, uh, providing, uh, you know, on the average for last year, for 2013, about uh, 24 hours. That is a full day, a month of, uh, of content, roughly one day, you know, like uh, once every day for a whole month. Um, or uh, providing, you know, large numbers of ads. And, uh, you know, we'd rather say like, hey, check this out than uh, tell you to uh, check out razors or whatnot. Yeah. You know, and, and 
Good. Or go ahead. I'm sorry. There, there, there's no saying like what's going to happen in the future with anything, but uh, you know that that is the route that we would prefer. We would rather you guys vote in favor of us. That way, we give you what you want and continue telling great stories and continue relating the experience of you know either these games or things that you know make us laugh and everything you know across the network from horror games to you know writing about having a kid. These are things that we you know don't think you can get other places, and um, even if you can't get them other places, we hope you like the flavor that we bring, and uh, that's what we're betting on. Is you betting on us? And and less that's very well said. Lest you immediately call us hypocrites, we are not saying that we will never run another ad, but yes. we're going to make an effort to make them, you know, relevant if we do. Yes. You know, so if something happens like that. Somebody decides they would like to sponsor us that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's that's fine. And that'll happen. But it's going to be, you know, not for something that we don't care about. Yeah. So we want to give, I mean, and we'll just talk about this too. You know, we want to give you guys a voice. So if you have a project, if you have anything that you want, uh, you know, to, to amplify through us, you know, there's going to be a channel for that right in through the contact forum. There's an option there. Um, you know, we're never not going to run another ad, but we don't want to kind of fall into the same kind of alley that other people do. So that is a very good point, Gary. Yeah. Like, I just don't, yeah, I don't want you immediately, like, <laughs> you know, make a stance and then fall against it. Like, Definitely. we're just not, but essentially what we are saying is that fuck Warby Parker. And <laughs> I love your are, glasses, Warby Parker, but I'm not going to do that. I hate your glasses and <laughs> fuck you, Warby Parker. <laughs> so if they ever wanted to, to sponsor us, I only want your glasses so I can put them in my butthole and, <laughs> and dispose and forget about them because that's what they're good for. I hope so, that you beep out the name of the company. Uh, you know, I might, maybe I'll, I don't know if I'm going to actually. <laughs> we shall see. Um, they're the only glasses that look good on me, Gary. I, well, you know, I don't think they're going to hear this and then not send you glasses. <laughs> <laughs> they won't know. Oh, um, yeah. So, okay, uh, okay. fuck stamps.com. <laughs> fuck stamps. Can we agree on that? At yes, least? we can. <laughs> Little precious bail just, order just, glasses, just, boy. Just, just go to the post office. <laughs> I know. It's not that big a deal. No, they're like, they're like, nice I, people. Yeah. Like, I mean, yes, I don't like doing it, but those, those podcasts talk about like, like it's going to the dentist or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's really not that big a deal. Nope. Go to your meeting is fine, but it is not like the be all end all solution. Like, Mm-hmm. It is some of these some of these podcast ads. It, it is B to B pretending it's B to C, man. That is exactly yeah. And and Sherry's berries. Come on, <laughs> like yeah. No, thank you, Sherry. Yeah, you know, it just it, like like we make fun, but we're, we're consumers of podcasts too. And you know what we feel is that we're taking an honest approach, which is we would rather you directly support something that you want. Yeah. Yep. Not to turn this into like a max fun, you know, or NPR pledge drive kind of thing. This is not the only time you're going to hear about it, but this is the only time that's going to interrupt you from hearing about the thing you want to hear about, which is Viking pirates and a dark cave. (laughs) You guys love love caves. Yeah. (laughs) But but what we want to do, we would prefer that the relationship between you and us be as direct as possible. And we feel that Patreon is the, is the way that we can make that happen in a way that rewards both you and us for, you know, for, for, for the work and effort and interest that we all put into this. Indeed. Well said. And without uh, further ado, <laughs> um, if you'd like to get a free audiobook book down, <laughs> 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 without, <laughs> we did it for like a year and a half, man. <laughs> yeah. Without further ado, uh, you're listening to Pirate. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> listen to Pirates. Pirates. Duckie.tv slash tip jar. There's a big Patreon image there. Yeah. Um, or search for us on Patreon. Share it with your friends. If you dig this thing and they don't know about this, uh, that is the way that these things grow, just like anything else on this internet and this fucked up vocabulary. We all want to talk to Riff from Video Games Hot Talk. So let's just <laughs> make that happen. Why do we keep delaying? Ah. Let's just go to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> when are they going to get to the fireworks factory? <laughs> Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. The people feared the cursed ones like a plague. Some people would rather keep dreadful things out of sight. Out of mind. So very typical of meek minds, don't you think? <laughs> my name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And my name is Riff Connor. And you are listening to Bonfireside Chat. It is a cursed favorite. And this week we are talking about No Man's Wharf. And as you heard, we're joined by Riff from, uh, you know, the, the Video Games Hot Dog Podcast. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us, Riff. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, no, you you are the you you are the one of that crew that I have not met in person, but uh, mm. this is the next best thing. <laughs> this is virtual reality. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am indeed wearing my snow crash. Jamiroquai. <laughs> yeah, my Jamiroquai. My snow crash Jamiroquai hat. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy crossover fan fiction, Gary. <laughs> Riff is Riff short for anything? Uh, nope, just uh, just Riff. That's cool. I mean, it is a cool name. It, it's it's not uh, it's not my legal name. It was a name I sort of fell into through Guitar. having well through um, most of my friends post high school being people that I met on uh, on like local dial up bulletin boards. And so, and it was, I was using Riff Raff as my handle at the time. And then people started calling me Riff when they, when they met me in real life. And then they would introduce me to other people as Riff. And eventually it just sort of ended up being my name somehow. <laughs> <laughs> so just one of those things. Yeah. I, I love a non-forced nickname. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, like it would be, if you just came up one day and you're like, hey guys, call me Riff. You know, that would be problematic, but, <laughs> yeah. this, you know, that sounds very natural and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. That, 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 that is very cool. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. Let's all go around the table and say something we like about the other people's names. <laughs> so, like, cool. I think your name has a very unique spelling. Yep. Yes. Uh, and, that's just what I was going to say. The, yeah. the, uh, the unusual K is very distinctive. Yes. Mm -hmm. the, the out of place K. Also, mm -hmm. also monosyllabic. Riff, that is yep. something that you and I share. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Gary, you're where, one where's short me? of me. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I go the other way. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> disyllabic. <laughs> <laughs> he takes all kinds. You know, you, know, you know what, guys? Life is funny. <laughs> well, Gary's name also has the distinction of being a, a main feature of one of my favorite locations in Fallout 3. So, oh, yeah. Yep, yep, I got that going for me. It is a comedy name. People use it to uh, to make fun of things. Um, mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah. Yep. 
I'm trying to figure out a, a, a cool segue, <laughs> but I can't. Um, what did we do last time? Well, last time, uh, let me find the pithy thing that I wrote <laughs> and then <laughs> proceed to ignore it. Uh, yeah, so last time uh, we had Lobos Jr. with us as we went through Hades Tower of Flame, um, you know, that sunken city of, of lore. Fought an old friend in the Blue Cathedral, and uh, then we uh, went through some elevators, <laughs> through, yep. through something mm. that wasn't really that special at all. Yeah, through through a garbage area. Yeah, um, and the uh, the elevator is kind of significant. I don't know if we mentioned it um, last time, but this was the first time that I realized how truly spacey wacy mm. um, Dark Souls Two is because you Hades sink beneath the sea, mm-hmm. and to get to a new area, you go down. Yeah. several leagues yeah. right like you know so this is below sea level if they were actually next to each other but i don't necessarily think they are yeah, really that, like that, I, that tunnel that get, that takes you to the wharf does not slope up at a, mm. at a significant enough degree <laughs> to get you back yeah. up above the water yeah <laughs> the, 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 there there is no like commensurate uh elevator up that takes you yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, space is definitely weird. And, then, and now that the um, somebody, uh, what is it, uh, Emerald, who is a, a real cool YouTuber, released the uh, map data, mm-hmm. like viewing the map data of uh, Dark Souls 2. And it really verifies all of this stuff. Like it is not, things are not meant to be connected yeah. in the way yeah. they are Dark Souls the 2. Theory, the theory that I've been hearing about it the most on Reddit that people are talking about is that it's it's meant to uh, to sort of imply the the amnesia and general confusion mm. that your own character is suffering as as a consequence of this curse or whatever. So the 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 fact that it doesn't make any sense how you're getting somewhere is just a reflection of your character not being able to remember what's going on from moment to moment. Yeah, that's, that's actually really interesting. Uh, I, I hadn't thought about that. We had a we had a listener write in uh and I'll just Pull this from the appendix right here because it is apropos. Sean says via contact, I'm not sure where it came from, but I heard an interesting inter- interpretation of why the path between zones seems so short. Here's the idea. They are so barren and uneventful because you've be- uh, become hollow enough that you don't remember the journey between zones. It might be the case that nothing interesting happens to you or whatever did happen is simply forgotten. It puts the whole spacey wacy layout of zones in a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Which I like that. I like that. You know, yeah. just, it turns the character into an unreliable narrator, which is fine by me, I think. And especially looking at the uh, the the global map of the the whole land, these locations are pretty far from each other. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. That, that map is is definitely you know the other exhibit, exhibit <laughs> A and exhibit B. Mm-hmm. Have you guys uh, checked out the uh, what is it the farfire.darksouls.com or something like that? It's the yeah. official from kind of thing, which mm-hmm. it's it's interesting because it, pro- it provides a bunch of data about. You know, like which enemies are killed, and you know which areas. Oh have, yeah, like the... what what's the most popular ring, and things like that. Yeah, yeah. The, the the top three uh, most popular fist weapons are all cestuses. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like the, and it's the first thing too. So it's like most popular weapon, <laughs> cestus, 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 <laughs> mustache. <laughs> 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 but uh, there's a there's a little thing where you can check out uh like which zones have uh co-op versus uh you know pvp kind of uh like the ratio there and when you highlight a particular zone it actually puts an x over where these things are at which is i think mm. aside from like remembering which bonfire you just lit and also remembering which like fire on uh kale's map is new like aside from that is like the the only way that i know of to map specific places to that drain like map yeah 
right? Yeah, so su- that yeah, super actually cool. bucked the, a couple of my assumptions about where stuff was. And it's also like this is one of the biggest criticisms people are having of Dark Souls 2, which is like I think it is fine if you like the interconnected world of Dark Souls 1 better. I think mm. the implication that it's sloppy is a little bit annoying to no, me. Like, I, it, yeah, it feels I, intentional to me. Like yeah, if you don't I like agree. it, that's great, you know. Yeah. But I, I don't think it's an accident. Mm-hmm. You know, that's they, they're not that inept. Mm-hmm. That that they would do that, even if it's not you know all of the same people. Like, yeah, I, I, I mean, you got to imagine that somebody at From would have gone, "Hey, the elevator between the this one place and the the lava castle is a little <laughs> weird, guys." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> are you sure it's not a bug that it goes up instead of down? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I I feel like, I'll, and it just happens so often that like it is intentional, mm-hmm. like it or not, it is yeah. intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I'm a person who likes the interconnected world. Like I loved, you know, seeing the map data and like looking that. Oh yes, I am actually seeing Lost Isolith from, uh, you know, from from the Tomb of the Giants. Like that. Mm-hmm. That is cool. That is something I really like about it. But I think that you know they they are two different things they are trying for. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely think so. You know, lest lest anyone accuse us of being, uh, you know, kind of white knighting the game. Like mm-hmm. it is the. Uh, I understand why you do not like it, but I don't think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, No Man's Wharf, where we're at now, um, which doesn't have tons of lore, but what's there I think is pretty neat. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it is kind of disconnected in some ways from most of the areas. Um, and this was, uh, you know, we know many kingdoms have, have risen and fallen on this land. And prior to this, uh, this was a naval base. Um, but once Vendrick took over, he enslaved these, uh, Varangians, um, who are kind of a, a Viking, you know, uh, they all wear Dovican hats. Yeah. Um, pirate, pirate yes. yep. Viking yep. pirates. What can yep. be better? <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're, they're explicitly slave labor. Like the item descriptions say that they they have been forced into this. Yeah. Um, but you know, after the kingdom kind of fell into, into ruin, the inmates are running the asylum and, mm. uh, yeah, and they're doing what they do best, and it's funny because even though they are hollow, um, you know, according to the stats, they are serving their purpose. <laughs> you know, yeah. they, 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 they are inhabiting this place as best they know how, right? Well, in a, in a way, like I got the impression that this area was meant for like a port to uh, to imprison um, cursed people, mm-hmm. and I feel like they probably weren't made to kill people originally. No, yeah. like they were meant to like tend the port, actually, like to work it. Yeah, and, yeah. and at least under Vendrick's rule, like this is this is the waypoint after he decided to again with the Holocaust imagery. After he decided to, um, you know, take everybody who had the curse and funnel them out to a far off land. This was this was the place that he decided to do it through. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I, I just got hung up when you said like they are doing still doing their job when they're hollow because yeah, instead yeah. they're just trying to kill you. Oh no, which like, is not the, their job. I mean, like, like by doing their job, I mean like you know pillaging. <clears throat> Yeah, right. their old job. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the the one that they were bred to do. Their high school job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a whole like just like cave full of Taco Bells. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna bring up Taco Bell too. That was my first job. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh. <laughs> but um. But yeah, it's uh. I, you know, I, I think that it's really neat. You know, it's. God damn it! Why do why do I have this phone, this verbal tick? It's notable that it connects to Hade in the Blue Cathedral. Uh, just mm-hmm. because, you know, you have these, uh, you know, this one area that is sacred or fraught with sacred kind of icon- iconography connected to, you know, the Yo-Ho-Ho yeah. village. Yeah, yeah. And, and going from, like, the very, uh, like, the rich, like, the, the mosaics and the the palatial sort of architecture to, like, this 
slum is yeah. uh, is it's a dramatic uh, shifting of gears. Yeah, and I, I, like I, or, I'm sorry, cool. you can you can see just how the dwellings have like metastasized up the uh, up the wall of the you know of the cave. Mm-hmm. Like they they are they are seeking without any kind of order like ways to fit more people into this area. Yeah, yeah. I think that like between the two zones this connects to, like the it connecting to Hade feels like a like a to, like an in, intentional tonal shift, mm-hmm. and the connection connection to uh, the Bastille feels like like the 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 actual connection between the world because you take a different route there, mm-hmm. like the fact that you take a ship there and that implies, you know, infinite like both ways you get to the Bastille imply uh, you know travel that could take any amount of time. You know, as opposed to just walking through something that doesn't make sense. Right. So, like, I feel like the the two ways that you get the the Bastille, either through the uh, the Eagle Crow or through the ship, are the ways that people actually got to the Bastille in the world without you know spacey waciness aside. Mm-hmm. Whereas the going from Hades to uh, this felt like spacey waciness, but also very jarring and effective, just in kind of building that contrast of the world. Yeah. You know. And I think that there might be some kind of like tonal connection, however weak, you know, between the fact that uh, Malin, the armor dealer, says, yeah, these blue sentinels are like organized crime dudes, you know, that that, that might mm. actually be like a link to the port, you know, mm. with, you know, the port oh, and all of the kind of the like the crime and, you know, uh, let's say smuggling that goes alongside it. Like that connection might be older even than Vendrick. Right. 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 That's right, an right. interesting point. Yeah. So that might be like an old smuggler's tunnel leading from the, the one place to the other. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know the the whole oh let's let's drag people to the sacred place out of trying to get hope and then you know use that to ensnare them further into a place that yeah Shanghai lacks it yeah Shanghai yeah. them exactly yeah, yeah the uh, the uh, uh, Tower of Latria effect mm-hmm. so yeah yeah so before um, before we dive like deeper in uh, you know Riff you're 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 kind of a special case um, among guests so you know so far and that you've not played either Dark Souls or Demon Souls. That's correct. This is my first Souls game. Wow. Mm-hmm. wow. I, in fact, just, just this morning, finished my, uh, my first playthrough. Um, I, 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 actually, I beat the game about a week and a half ago and then took a short break. And this morning I went back and tied up the loose ends and, and bought all my consumables getting ready for New Game Plus. But uh, it, was, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was about 150 hours and... Uh, Four and a half million soul memory <laughs> was <laughs> my first game, yeah. and about five hundred and seventy deaths. <laughs> wow, that's intense. <laughs> I'm kind of afraid to check my deaths actually because mine might be equivalent to that with far fewer hours. So, mm. hmm. yeah. but um, are you going to go back and play the other ones? Uh, I might. I might play Dark Souls one. Uh, I am. I am worried about the lack of. Um, the the new feature where where enemies stop spawning after a while because that was such not so much a crutch but but sort of a mental guarantee that even if a particular area was really hard i knew that i'd eventually be able to get through it just killing one guy at a time if i had to Mm -hmm. and it never came down to that but knowing that that was possible i feel like that saved me a lot of frustration uh, hmm. so, so I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I might just get it cause you know, it's an old game. It's probably not expensive to see how it goes. Yeah. Um, but, but that, and also like if I, in the, the situations where I was having real trouble with a boss, 
like uh, like Lost Sinner, for example, I could spend some time clearing a path to the boss so that I could try over and over again without having to stumble through all these dudes again every time. Yeah. And and that was that was such a convenience that it it might be kind of painful to do without that. But by, uh, you know, we'll see. By way of encouragement, Dark Souls Two is much harder than Dark Souls One. Really? And also, like you having been through Dark Souls Two, you've picked up the necessary vocabulary, I believe. You know, don't don't hold me to this if you end up being like frustrated at like Blight Talon or whatever. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <rocks>! <laughs> damn it! <laughs> Dashed upon the rocks. Uh, no, <laughs> but, but, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, but you, you you probably will have less that, that that won't be as much of an issue for you. Okay, cool. Going, going back yeah. through it, so that 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 is my my, my word of encouragement for you. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out though, Cole, because that is like, pretty unique. Like, I don't think I've talked to anybody who's just played this one mm-hmm. yet. And a lot of those features that you're talking about, at least, were in uh, in part implemented, um, you know, as an anti frustration feature for new players. So it's interesting to hear that it worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely. Know? Yeah, I, I um, feel like that was the the way that that's so two sided in that it, it makes things easier by making things less frustrating, but also makes things harder by preventing prolonged uh, grinding mm-hmm. is is real interesting to me that that you can grind a spot for a while but eventually the game kicks you in the butt and says all right get on with it yeah and but, and then again if you really want to keep grinding an area you can burn an ascetic and do it anyway except you're taking the hit that everything's harder now mm-hmm. so it, it's super interesting it seems very well considered and, you know, just yeah. everything relies on that number. Like how do they decide that 12 to 15 was the, was the optimal, you know, repetition loop for that, you know, yeah. but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I bring up that tidbit a, because it's interesting and that it's unique for the show. Um, and B because, you know, you, you, you approached us like we, like we had extended, uh, I believe an offer to you for demon souls, mm-hmm. um, you know, to show up on the, on the show. Cause I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Um, and I was like, eh, eh. <laughs> and then you thanks, but <laughs> later boners. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> Is that the sound of my motorized skateboard going? Yeah. Away yep. the sunset? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whatever small motored vehicle you want. <laughs> Motorboat. Jet ski, yeah. motorcycle, moped. Uh, um, yeah. but, but um, you uh, you said like, oh, can I can I do uh, can I can I do no, no man's wharf? Yes, and, I uh, I, uh, I specifically uh, emailed you about this because there I'll I'll uh, I'll explain in more detail when we get to that part in the zone. But there is something specific in this zone that that tickled me so greatly that maybe <laughs> the funniest, best thing I've ever seen a developer do in a video game. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I've, I've got to talk about this on some podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> if, if only there, there were a podcast was... to talk about dark souls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, well let's, let, let's we'll keep going. Hear what so that we thing is yeah. after this break. Um, that's not true. Okay. Um, we, we, we don't take breaks. The, uh, yeah. So, so the, um, on your way here, you get the, your only bonfire for the area, which like, I think this is the only area in the game where this is true. Mm-hmm. Like there is one bonfire, which I like about it. Th- this part, that feels very Dark Souls one mm-hmm. to me. Uh, there are other places with a single bonfire, but, uh, well, not, not quite as big as this maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is yeah, I mean, this is this is certainly the the one where you have to take the longest path from the bonfire to the boss. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and right around this bonfire is when we meet uh, Lucatiel, mm-hmm. 
I actually met her first at um, the uh, the Bastion or Bastille. Bastille. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. I, I I I I took the Eagle after the Pursuer and met her in that tower there, and then after noodling around in there for a while and deciding it was too hard, <laughs> yeah. I came back and went the other way. <laughs> No, I was just gonna say I, I did the same thing. I think this is canonically the first place you're supposed to meet her, but I met her at the Bastille first. I'm fascinated by this notion that, like, according to a good portion of the people that we've talked to, like, and just encountered on the internet, that like No Man's Wharf is effectively an optional area. Oh, it's totally an optional area, and, and, and yeah. I feel like, like like it totally can be, but I don't see it that I don't see that as being like the likely or the canonical like version of this. And like, I just it's so instructive. I think. Like I oh, just yeah. like, like like this area, I can't see missing it. Oh, of course! Like I, w- I would never not play it. Uh huh. But it, it's optional. Same that happens in Dark Souls One too, where there are really cool areas that are, you know, totally optional. Like I really yeah, like. Plus, the you want that you want that pyromancy glove. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But uh, I I really like Lucatiel. Like she is the uh, the yeah. Solaire equivalent, you know, along with uh, along with Pate, um, here, mm-hmm. right? I think they, they they share double duty on that. On that kind of thing, and she has kind of like one of the more tragic, like tragic arcs, because mm-hmm. she's here for like a couple of different reasons. Both of, well, yeah, we'll talk about that later. But it, it eventually becomes real, real sad. Yeah, yeah. Her ending, the ending of her quest is sad. Mm-hmm. Um, when you first meet her, she just pretty much says that people, you know, usually stay away from her because of the mask. Um, which, like, the uh, you get the impression that, and kind of through this, you know, you get it more as you continue, but you get the impression even a little bit here um that she is implying you know reliably or not that she does not know what hollowing is mm-hmm. and that is why i think she's wearing the mask um is she is in some kind of deep denial mm. about what's happening to her yeah it takes her a little while to open up to the fact that she's hollow i mean of course you know she is because she's in drain lake she came well, for, here for, for, first, for a long time she explicitly says she doesn't know what it is Mm-hmm. Like she's like, you know, I came here looking for my brother. I don't know. Like she gives you a, a human uh, uh, human effigy at some point. She says, of course, I don't know what this is. Yeah, I read you know, that. But as, she, she knows what it is. I read that as being that she wasn't told what it was. <laughs> that like oh. maybe there's this whole thing where the crones only told you like the firekeepers only told you what they do and not yeah. anybody else, which I understand is completely like wackadoodle, but like, that's the way that I interpreted it. Like, you know, I could see there being this kind of institutional ignorance about what these things actually are. Mm. Yeah. It it would make sense that not everybody goes through things betwixt. I mean, it didn't mm-hmm. seem like a, like a well-traveled <laughs> area. <laughs> yeah. Those, those, yeah, that's, those that's interesting. Really well Good. The, the only reason why I would think like that's an interesting idea and it would explain why she progressively goes more and more hollow. It, when she says it, she does one of those Dark Souls unreliable narrator laughs, though. Yeah, she like, does. She's like, of course, I don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. Like she just handed you a bomb like she's a Looney Tune and she just like thrust <laughs> up a female cho- cursed undead out of dynamite. <laughs> And uh, wed you to it, you know. And 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 I think that like this game more than the others kind of plays into the everybody believes that souls will reverse your hollowing kind of thing. Like in Demon Souls, it was more like you get souls to be powerful, which makes sense because it's leveling up. And in Dark Souls, it's like alluded to like get more souls, you know, uh, you know, disregard women, be hollow, not or be not hollow. Mm -hmm. Sorry. And in this one, it is it is explicitly stated by a bunch of NPCs, like, yes, the way to reverse your hollowing is to get more souls. And, like, human effigies are never, like, entered into the equation as much as humanity 
in Dark Souls. Right. Is, right. right. They're very, very rarely mentioned as a right. thing. I think the Crones and Lucatiel, and I think that's really all the dialogue about them mm-hmm. in the whole game. So the idea of it being, you know, not a well-known kind of cure for this mm-hmm. is really interesting. I like that idea a lot. I don't know if I, you know, they're everywhere mm-hmm. and it'd be kind of weird. If, and there are a lot of, uh, you know, run into very many other people who are hollow. Which would support that, you know, people do know what these things are, but yeah. it is really interesting. Yeah. Because they're and emphasized far, far less. Either they're seeing it as rubbish or the, like, you're, everybody's getting a different version of the story. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's an interesting thing to play around with. I don't know if it's borne out, but that is, that, that is where I arrived at with her kind of, you know, and eventually I don't know if somebody like breaks the news to her and tells her, like, yeah, your skin's falling off because you're totally hollow. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when's the last time you took off that mask? Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're if you're a leper, you have to do there's something like it's called like constant visual surveillance mm-hmm. or something like that. There's actually a term for it in the leprosy community um, <laughs> where you uh, have like a BB forum. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was just, I was just going to to you know love you to pieces dot net and oh. I was posting on the boards and uh, but it, 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 the, the it is a thing where sloths. Yeah. Um, is a thing where you're constantly checking your uh, your body to see if everything's okay. And yeah. Uh, yeah, she doesn't do that. She wears this mask. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, like all the other kind of hollows, are you know slowly forgetting who they you know she's she's forgetting who she is. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. She, I think she, and she's also notable. I think she is the most well-rounded NPC mm-hmm. you run into in the game, uh, which really says something about like as much as I love Dark Souls too, um, I do feel like the NPCs did kind of take a dip in interest and quality. Between the games, like I like the Dark Souls one NPCs generally a lot more. Yeah, um, this is one of the few that I think kind of match. Yeah, you know, or approach the level of Dark Souls one NPCs. She gives, and that's going to be illustrated a little bit later in the zone. Yeah. She gives yeah. um uh like like more backstory on like where she came from, and that yeah. is that that is something that like along with the NPCs, I feel took a dip from Dark Souls one to Dark Souls two. Like Dark Souls one, you got a fair amount of knowledge about the neighboring kingdoms. And I think Dark Souls 2 kind of, like, mentions them, but and it, it may just be, like, that I haven't grown familiar with them yet. But, you know, they, they are, like, the surplus fantasy names with lots of Ys and Vs in them. You the, know? Um, it's actually, uh, it's interesting that you bring that up because there's actually, I felt, a lot more item descriptions that talk about other places. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the Dark Souls uh, YouTube loresters, um, who goes by Dave Control, um, I'll put a link in the show notes. He did a two-part video that is, like, the places surrounding Drang Lake. Hmm. And just compiles everything we know about them. And it's actually pretty interesting. Like, okay. you know, it's a little bit more. I don't blame you for coming to that conclusion um, because it, the characters don't talk about it as much. I mean, they'll say I'm from somewhere. But, mm-hmm. yeah, there are a lot of item descriptions that are from other areas, which is part of the reason why I think this is, even though it has lots of uh, Lord Ranian items, I don't necessarily think it's Lord Ran because there are items from everywhere here. Right. You know? Yeah. So it kind of kind of seems like the, the the low point that all the gravity gra- like grabs yeah. everything and brings it to. Um, yeah. And I don't I don't know if we can underline it enough, but like specifically for our purposes and anybody else who's curious about this, the uh, the future press guide a is worth having even with its typos and misprints um, because of the lore index that yeah. actually like yeah. organizes things by NPC and location. And uh, tells you like which items are related to which thing. So that has, I think, cut my pre-production time by about twenty percent. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Epic Namebro mentions in the in a video since he you know he worked on the guide mm-hmm. that uh, he and the other kind of lorester that worked on the guide uh, had to push for that, and they weren't even going to have item descriptions; they were just going to have item oh. stats. Oh wow. And he and he pushed for it. He's like, and they made you know expanded the length of the book like eighty pages to do that. 
Yeah. Well, if the item's stats are more bound to change than the descriptions, like that's oh, a yeah, valuable exactly. piece of information. <laughs> totally. 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 Um, yeah. But let's, let's talk about No Man's Wharf. Oh, gosh. Let's yeah. get into the wharf. I want to so Ooh. much. Yeah. This is a great area, too. Like just getting that out there. Like I, I would have, you know, if I was guesting on the show instead of hosting it, I might have picked this area, too. It's one of my yeah. favorites. Yeah. So it's super good. I mean, just immediately coming at it from, you know, just having, you know, thought about Dark Souls and Demon Souls a lot. Uh, over the past year and a half like it's so different than anything else yeah you know in terms of what you've seen what areas you've seen before this like the the forest of fallen giants is it's elaborate and mazy but it's mainly corridors and and uh, tower of flame is just single paths to platforms so this is the first one you're seeing that's really a sort of complicated mess of a, of an area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It definitely, it definitely has that visual and kind of layout stamp. It also is the first area you find in the game that has a very strong kind of concept behind it. Yeah. You know, like the, uh, the idea of light in this place and like the idea of kind of ambush is really strong here mm-hmm. in a way that it's not in areas you've been leading up to in a way that made me think of the earlier games where like, you know, we used to in Dark Souls one season, we had like a thesis for each area because like every area felt like it was trying to teach you something. This mm-hmm. game, I feel a little less about that. I feel like that's a little less true, but this area definitely feels like it is, you know, kind of it's designed for the earlier uh, kind of engines of this game where the torch was necessary a lot more often mm-hmm. because this is the, the section to say like, yeah, hey, you've been using the torch because it makes things easier to see. Well, fuck you. <laughs> that's going to be a double edged sword, you know? <laughs> Yeah, like this turns the torch from a necessary thing into like a nice to have, especially when you see some of those later areas, those dark stalkers, right? Like, like it's almost like an Easter egg, you know? Yeah. And I like, you know, I don't know if I'm like crazy about the gameplay benefits of like, oh, you know, this automatically turns it into the gutter where you need it, you know, to actually progress or to have some kind of light source. But, uh, you know, I would like to like aesthetically, you know, because the contrast between you know, unlit wharf and lit wharf would just be so much more significant at that point. Yeah. Well, it's more than just the, um, the change it into a gameplay benefit. Like they use it against you in a way that doesn't happen. in um, the gutter with these, these, uh, Verangian pirates. Oh yeah. You know, you you have the torch on, they'll throw oil on you and blow you up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which like the first time that happened, I was like, yes, <laughs> that's so good. Yeah, yeah that so, happened to me as well. The guy throws the thing. He's like, uh, why am I, why am I covered in ooze? And then a guy shoots an arrow at me. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Nobody yep. loves oily Homer. Yeah. <laughs> he keeps getting sent to Burning Man over and over and over again. Like, I, I, like the first time I did it, I was coated in oil and I didn't have my torch because I didn't uh, carry it from the bonfire. I didn't know how dark the area would be. Right. And since it was pretty dark, I walked up to the torch, the first one you run into it, lit my torch and this blew up. I'm like, oh, it's because I'm coated in oil. Yeah. That's so, wonderful. So Why I did ne- that guy throw low damage bombs at me? <laughs> like. You know what? I like. I never considered that because I never thought to light the torch in this area. Like, yeah, it was dark, but it was never dark enough that I like couldn't see. And you know, I've got my like, I've got my TV calibrated and stuff, so that's not a concern so much. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, like I never thought of that, but that is totally badass to hear that they took that into account. Yeah, yeah, for, that, yeah. for sure. Like, yeah, because I saw they, I saw the oil as just a demonstration of oh, enemies will use teamwork on you. Yeah, same here, basically, because uh, I um. Uh, I did much the same as you. I, I shuffled around in the dark until I found that Pharaoh's Lockstone contraption and turned on all the lights. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I was like, oh, 
<laughs> Lights. Yeah. So one of the most useful Pharaoh's Lockstones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. The, kind of the first half where every one of them is useful and the second half where none of them are useful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it also nicely, because um, assuming that you found the one previous in uh, Grave of the Fallen Giants where you get treasure, <clears throat> you don't get any items out of this one, but it's sort of instructing you the fact that you know, not not all treasure is necessarily items that mm-hmm. light or or other effects can be just as useful to you. Yeah. Yep. yep. That's something that I wish that they had, you know, extended throughout. Like, I don't know if I wish that every area had a gimmick like this. And you see it pop up, you know, occasionally with, like, altering the boss arenas in areas like Earth and Peak or whatever. But, like, th- this is just such a good example of how one particular thing can change the entire zone. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is, you know, one of those moments of singular delight, which is like, I have no idea what's going to happen here. And the payoff is just so much greater than you would have expected. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also just very, you know, striking to see, mm-hmm. you know, like seeing it in if you hadn't been using a torch up at this point, seeing the kind of detail of this, this rundown shanty town and knowing, you know, by this point, when you come to that, you may or may not have run in or you have run into the um, the long armed uh, dark soccer monsters. So knowing that you have this one up <laughs> is so good. Yeah. You know, like it is just a it, it is a very uh, very welcome surprise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, you know, I, I feel like the Varangian soldiers or sorry, the sailors at the very least are worth talking about just a little bit because you find them throughout this. They're kind of the uh, you know, in Dark Souls and in Demon Souls you have like the regular uh, dreglings and like the crazy hollow dudes and then you've got like the hollow inven- infantry which are mm-hmm. more equipped. Like this seems a step above that. And specifically, I believe this is the first enemy that dual wields against you. Yeah. And so learning to fight against that rhythm is something that really threw me off. And I think, you know, made this area much tougher on the first approach than on the second approach. They're the equivalent of like Balder Knights. Exactly. Yeah. And and it happens around the same place in the game, too. Mm Mm-hmm. It would be, but uh, but 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 I like these guys, and again, like teamwork and ambushes, right? And mm-hmm. you know, throughout the entire area, like it enforces, make sure that you're clearing the houses because mm-hmm. not all of them have treasures, but you can get yourself into a world of trouble if you if you believe that you're safe, yeah. Um, and they're you know, and they're going to come up from behind you, and because of the kind of you know narrow uh, the, like the, the 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 narrow aspect of these walkways, um, mm-hmm. it can really get you in trouble. Yeah, they yeah. they will definitely jump out of unexpected places at you. <laughs> yeah, I love I, I love that house over by the Pharaoh's Lockstone that is just full of napping dudes. I was just gonna yeah. say like that. Yeah, if if they're on shift, then they will <laughs> yeah. jump out at you. But some of them like they work in shifts. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Peeking my head in that door and going, oh, I bet I can put a firebomb right in here. <laughs> yeah. There's three guys playing heads up, seven up. And I'm gonna fuck up their game. <laughs> Oh my god, how long has it been since I thought about Heads Up 7 Up? Also known as Identify Your Friend's Shoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. But uh, you find the bandit gear, which seems appropriate uh, for that. Uh, we, we always like to point out whenever we find the starting class gear in different mm-hmm. areas, which makes sense. Port, smugglers, sure. yep. Viking dudes, whatevs. Bandits. Yeah. But uh, but also also uh, uh, worth talking about. See, I skirted around it there. Uh, is the fact that uh, the the ones with bows have incredibly long range. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. because of the way that this kind of is built up the slope of this uh, of of this area, um, I, just just go onto the Wikipedia entry for underground cities, 
and just like look at photos of those or like underground ossuaries or that crazy Polish salt mine that has the cathedrals carved mm-hmm. away inside of it. One of the best like photo diary things they're ever going to see. Um, but, uh, but you know, just because of the way that this area is sloped, almost everybody's going to have a sniper advantage on, on you. And, uh, and- that eventually turns to your advantage if you're a ranged character at the top of there. Yeah, or if you can, and if you're a range character and you can get a hold of one of these bows, yeah, because uh, that that range advantage carries over. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no place to find one of these bows; you have to get it as a drop. But it's a really good bow. Yeah, um, and the, <laughs> the, the the item description says it has a long range for fighting sea monsters. Yep, <laughs> which made me wish that there was a sea monster in this game. <laughs> is it metal? Like, yeah, it is. It is metal. Oh, oh my gosh! Like uh, like fighting the Lagos uh, monster in Resident Evil Four. Oh yeah, like like oh, that yeah, kind of yeah. set piece fight. <laughs> Yeah, well, we, we're doing at the same time we're recording this. We're doing Shadow of the Colossus for Watch Out for Fireballs. Yeah, and I was just thinking about like you know huge you know big underwater bosses have been on my mind. So mm-hmm. yeah, no. yeah. Game needs mm-hmm. more monsters anyway. Too yeah. many dudes, not enough crazy things. I that's probably true. Yeah, that that that, that is something that I I agree with actually, yeah. and I've seen in in lots of places. But yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're working your way up this hill and, you know, as you as you rise higher, uh, you know, things start getting darker um, and uh, you start finding things that prefer the dark, um, including these uh, these dark stalker enemies. Um, yeah. Which have nothing to do with uh, what is it, that Capcom fighter? Yeah. With that with that um, that bat winged. <laughs> yeah. Morgan and Lilith. Yeah. yeah that, that unfortunate boot monster yeah. from that fighting game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that, that was a, they had a machine of that at my bowling alley and that was like a, I don't want to say a formative sexual experience because that makes me feel <laughs> that, that makes me sound like weirder than I actually am. Uh, but, uh, but that was, that was definitely one of my first encounters with, uh, with cartoon cleavage. And I, it might've been one yeah. of the first sets of boobs you've seen where the cleavage went past where a nipple would actually be. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a deep dive. It was a deep, yeah. deep dive. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was the, the that, you know. I think we need to get control of the media that our kids are exposed to because these today's youth is garbage. I'm an old yeah. man. <laughs> I wish that they learned sex from Capcom fighters the way yep. I did. And not um, from Kesha. Yeah, yeah, not from Snapchatting <laughs> pictures of their ball nuts. Yeah. And Snapchatting <laughs> snatch pics? Come on. Yeah, yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Ugh. Knock it out, you kids. Knock it out. Don't do that. We should uh, we skipped over something um, yeah, on did. our way up to the dark, dark stalker that I think is worth talking about because it'll can impact the entire game. Which is this is the first area where you can find a, a ring of life protection. Yes, yes, it's game. behind the bookcase. You, you gotta you gotta bust it down. But uh, this works really differently than it did in previous games that had mm-hmm. equivalent rings. Yep, and the, the reason why is because durability works so differently. You know, things are meant to be broken, whereas it was a pretty rare and terrible occurrence mm-hmm. in uh, Dark Souls One. And it's also not irreversible now. Yeah. So uh, the idea is that if you want to wear this ring, if you want to give up a ring slot and are willing to spend a 3,000 soul soul tax, you can stay human and not lose your souls when you die, um, which I've seen lots of people complain about. Um, I didn't like that and then just didn't do it. Yeah. Like I only used it if I had a lot of souls and I was like, okay, I'm going to do something dangerous. I'll throw this thing on. Yeah. But I never just kept repairing it. That was, that was how I started out uh, at the beginning when – when 3000 souls was a meaningful amount. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I got to like the latter half of the game, it, it got to where in order to do anything with souls, like to level up, I needed an amount that was always going to be a significant amount. So I, I ended up just sort of keeping that ring on. And also since I was sun it up a lot, it, it was mm-hmm. handy to keep human with 
so that I wouldn't have to keep busting uh, effigies to to have jolly cooperation. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And like, as I ran low on effigies, I was definitely in Riff's camp on that just because that was a very cheap way. Essentially it was, Hey, get an effigy, get unlimited effigies for 3000 souls for yeah. the, for the minor inconvenience of loading, you know, every time you die. Right. I, I and, don't, I don't look down on anybody who did it that yeah. way, but I, I just wanted it to be like, I wanted to hit that point of no return that we talked about so many times in Dark Souls, or the point where you have nothing left to lose. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I could only get, you know, with that 3,000 soul cost and with just kind of the, uh, I wanted to be able to rapidly prototype situations. And that only happened when I was like at half health as a hollow yeah. with zero souls. And I'd already lost my blood stain. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, there's nothing to lose. I'm just going to keep trying things until they work. Yeah, yeah no, the, no. the ability to do a suicide run to yeah. to see what's out there is is definitely something that you lose by by using this tactic mm-hmm. yeah yeah and you know i feel like like eventually what that does is it makes the only cost for this you know inconvenience which right it's up to the individual to decide if that's worth it to them yeah, yeah. and it, it doesn't i don't feel like it ruins like like there have been a lot of hype you know hyper ballistic uh uh, hyperballistic, yeah. hyperballistic <laughs> missiles have been launched. Right towards, um, hyperbolic, everybody uh, pray. Let's let's hope um, we can get this edited and out in time so everybody yeah. can take cover. Tell my girlfriend I love her. Um, <laughs> the the uh, a lot of hyperbolic kind of talk about how it's so contrary to the soul spirit, and it's like it reminded me of the Vita Chambers discussion in, in Bioshock, yeah. where it's like just if if you like the challenge, just have a little bit of self control and don't use it. Yeah. yeah, like I don't you know just don't use it. It's okay. You know, it doesn't hurt you that it's there for somebody else. Just don't use it. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy your extra ring slot. Yeah, do, do it. Know? Like, you're sacrificing a great deal because there are many, uh, like, rings that are effectively compulsory. So you're yeah. giving up yeah. something that is, you know, that is very worthwhile in order to do this. Yeah. You know, like, I, f- I feel like it is a significant enough trade-off. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. like, at the max, I only had, like, three of these going at any given time. And none, yeah. of, none of them were particularly easy easy to find. Like this one here in No Man's Wharf isn't exactly on the beaten path. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But uh, let's talk about Darkstalkers. Yeah, let's do that. Oh, these bastards. <laughs> these frightening <laughs> bastards. <laughs> these frightening and then eventually frightened bastards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that that is so good. Like the first time, because I didn't initially have a torch because I got set on fire by lighting one <laughs> early. And getting to that, you know, that revelation is great. I also had a weird, like, uh, I still feel like treasure is kind of fucked up in Dark Souls 2. <laughs> and they're probably going to change it where everybody can drop anything. Like there are those dogs outside of Aldia's keep that just drop Ricard's rapiers like they're nothing. Oh, yeah. Um, getting Zweihanders off of those spiders. Yeah. 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 This Zweihander <laughs> yeah. after Zweihander. So, but, but this, I encountered these guys before I thought that so the first one dropped a pair of boots and i was like shit these used to be human mm-hmm. because that that's the demon souls thing like oh somebody drops a human piece of gear it definitely used to be a person now i'm not so sure like it's it's vaguely bipedal it could have used to be a human but if spiders are dropping handers, that piece of evidence <laughs> has less weight the the it. guy does does mention the that the gear that they drop is pyromancer gear it's and the full maybe there is some kind of tie-in to the fact that they're afraid of light but what are they what did you say cool what do they drop it's the full pyro set i'm sorry to have interrupted you Rev. <laughs> but, yeah but it's like it's it's all the tattered cloth gear and then the like the regular boots like if you put that on you are a pyromancer from from dark souls one oh, okay well that, so, that makes way more sense i've only found the boots from them yeah. and the boots and a short sword which the pyromancer doesn't use mm-hmm. so yeah. i was like oh short sword this is just random garbage like short sword boots mm-hmm 
Yeah, but so I mean, I don't, I don't believe that these are the uh, that these are like the like the ultimate evolution. Like this isn't the Charizard of pyromancers. <laughs> <laughs> Especially since Charizard is the Charizard of pyromancers. Yep. <laughs> really, yep. Charmander Tur- is the original pyromancer. If, if, if I could have gotten beyond that, then yes, I would have gotten there eventually. <laughs> but, <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. You saw where I was going and you called it yeah. out. That's good. Uh, as long as the joke was made, it doesn't yeah. matter who made it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I don't, I don't know if they're eventually like, you know, if somebody grabbed them and warped them. I mean, I think that all of this we can like foist on Aldia, you know, just the fact that, you know, the boss of this area, the Flexile Sentry was commissioned for this. Yeah. Like this could be an experiment gone, gone awry. But mm. as, as Riff said, like the, you know, the guide also says these things are so afraid of fire that they could have, you know, been seeking out pyromancers who created the one thing they were afraid of. Right. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so. there is a connection to pyromancy in this, this level too. Mm-hmm. So to, to a degree. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's yeah. true. They, they cause tons of bleed. Like they're, yeah. they're hard oh. fight. Um, the, uh, unless you have a torch and then they cower from you for a time and then do one of my favorite animations in the game, which is where they like get fed. Like, I'm fucking mad as hell and I'm yeah. not going to yeah. take it anymore. <laughs> and then they turn on you ferociously, which I love. <laughs> like, you can only keep them cornered so long. And the game, the level design uses that later where, uh, these guys, these things get stacked like three or four deep. And, you know, even if you didn't want that combat advantage, you need the light because otherwise you can't fight for these things at once. Mm-hmm. And then out of the corner of your eye, one of them starts freaking out and then goes aggro. And yeah. it's a really good moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they're vaguely bat-like and they, they kind of move like the giant skeletons from Tomb of the Giants just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're yeah the bone dogs. Yeah, yeah, they're they're yeah. very upsetting. Yeah. Hmm. But uh, but yeah, and also they will burst through walls, which again plays into the destructible <laughs> environments. Uh, Holy that was one of my favorite things in this level is that the the house where you're fighting tons of them. Mm-hmm. You you have to fight like three of them, and then there's a door. And I thought, oh, these guys are too wide to fit through that door. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make a wider door. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, then f- f- manage to beat those two and go into the room, and one falls out of the ceiling on me. <laughs> <laughs> through a perfectly dark stalker-sized hole. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the idea of these guys making nests inside of something mm. that is already, like, vaguely honeycomb-esque. Oh, Yeah. 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 Just like Even though, you, like, the relationship between them and the, the bandits, you don't know what it is. Like, they're definitely not uh, – well, you see the ones that are kind of in little gates down by the waterfront. Yeah. Later, like, you get the idea of these things being kind of pets or, like, work animals almost. Yeah. There's that cage that the two of them yeah. out of. Yeah. Or, like, a pen. It's not even like – it's not yeah, closed yeah. in, but it's, like, it, it's like, a, like a feeding trough kind of thing. Maybe it's, like, an Innsmouth thing. Like, like, oh, the, like yeah. the, they, 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 they are nurturing it like it is the ultimate, you know, like the ultimate form of this. Like these are. This is know, the female of the. Yeah. The Vin, kind Vindari. of like or yeah. it's like a long live the new flesh kind of thing, you know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. level level 11 ends with brides. But but these things are just real sons of bitches. Have, have we had to deal with bleed up to this point? Uh, it was definitely my first. Uh, it's the first time I got blood out. Okay. Yeah. So it, there might have been something that caused minor bleed earlier, but this is the first time it happened. Yeah. For me. I don't know. Like, bleed just always seems like one of those PvP 
uh, status effects that I only ever encounter when somebody is using a curved blade. Yeah, well, um, notably in, in Dark Souls 1, um, Priscilla uses it against you. Yeah. And that's really like that is the, the time where you're going to run into it a lot. Other than that, you pretty much can ignore it. It's an um, interesting effect. I, I think this may be like the first time I've seen something like this in a game because everybody knows what poison is. But this is like poison except all at once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's unusual and frightening. Yeah. 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 I, I forget, Gary. You're going to you're gonna have to remind me. In the previous games, did it slow you down when you were bled? Because I think that happens here too. I think I don't think it happens in Dark Souls 1. I think you just lose a large chunk of health. Mm-hmm. In Demon Souls, bleed acts just like poison. And there's no reason for there to be three different poison effects in Demon Souls. Um, but in Dark Souls 1, I think you just have, I don't think it slows you down. In here, it slows you down and slows down your endurance regen, I believe. So you take a large amount of damage and you are slowed a little bit and your endurance regen is slowed if you get bled. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that like, and I, I'm trying to recall like this is such a big game. Like, does it pop up in any kind of like greater effect later, or is this you know bleed city? I think these are the bleediest. Okay. There are other enemies that cause bleed, but this is where it procked on me. Blood town. Yeah, this is this is this is blood stool. <laughs> Totes blood town. With the, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll listen to abject suffering tomorrow for yeah. for our for... tales. Or no, actually no. Listen next week for. Oh, yeah, man. this has been a long recording session. <laughs> so l- listen next week for uh, for deleted scenes about the Lost Kingdom of Bloodstool. Uh, the, um, <laughs> if you the, dare. Yeah. <laughs> this is like the most uh, well-guarded area here, but it also gives you a huge boon mm-hmm. in that you can find Lonesome Gavlin. Yay! <laughs> Which, Many deal. Yeah. Many thanks. If I, if I, if I know two things about Gavlin. <laughs> It is the, um, but like, like they had to make him knowing he'd be a meme. Yeah, he, he is a ready meme. Well, he's he's such a piece of evidence, and I, I keep saying it, and it's just going to keep happening. That like Dark Souls Two has a way different sense of humor than Dark Souls One. Uh-huh. In that, like, it's much more explicit, and this character is a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. Like, he is a meme, and he is you know he's 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 seems like he is a figure of fun. Like, I would love to see Vadi try to do the prepare to cry on on Goblin. Like. <laughs> I want to know what this guy's tragic backstory is because I don't fucking have a clue. You can do one on the Gurm. Like, the Gurm are kind of sad. Yeah. yeah. But Lonesome Gavlin specifically. Yeah. I don't know. Like, like, like the Gurm are just another, like, chapter in Dark Souls 2 is about the Holocaust, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, 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 really. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call him when I see him. But Is this cool? Previously, we compared everything to Vietnam. Now it's the Holocaust. Does this show that we are getting more or less mature? Uh, you know what? I think that uh, you know, Demon Souls Two is going to be about World War One, and then it's going to really start getting kind of crazy. Yeah, then it's all uh, like, oh, the Balkan powder keg and and pro- you know, like the Prussian War and the Armenian genocide, and we'll start getting really obscure. <laughs> yep. We'll just both take we'll take a correspondence history course together, and then so let's who, go from who there. Needs a correspondence history course. World War One is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, if we're gonna go deeper cuts, right. Is the idea right. Man, now? I, now I want a, a pickle halber for my fashion souls outfit. <laughs> <laughs> fashion souls. I love fashion souls. What is fashion souls? It's just it's the like the term for when you're you're paying more attention to how your character looks than how effective he is. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so cool. Hmm. I can I can be down with that. Yeah, fashion souls is great. 
I'm just I'm uh, just picturing like lots of let's plays that are just, like everything normal, but except except Cover Girl is playing in the background. <laughs> the <whole time. laughs> Too sexy for my zvi. <laughs> 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 oh, man, but yeah, Gavlin, uh, he wheel and Gavlin deal. Yeah, um, and uh, he is uh, special in this game because he has skirted it again. Um, he is special in this game because he is the only NPC you can sell things back to, and he's yes. a source of frustration for a lot of people because pretty much immediately after you talk to him, he goes away. Yeah, yep. And I thought he was gone forever, mm-hmm. which like I was like, okay, you get one chance to sell things. That's kind of clever, and you know, Dark Soulsy. But he comes back and eventually permanently roots himself somewhere. Yeah. So. Somewhere logical too, which is nice. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he he is a germ, which is contrary to everybody's beliefs, not a beard monster, but a dwarf. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, with a with a dumbly designed helmet. Yeah. Um, and the uh, he sells a lot of really useful stuff. Yeah. yeah. Buy everything poison. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, but a significant fraction of my four and a half million soul memory was poison <laughs> arrows. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so nice when you eventually can just buy unlimited. Yep. poison arrows from them but mm-hmm. it takes a while but even now you know i always sell all of my broken straight swords and then just buy you know i never like i haven't done like a bow playthrough so i just will buy poison throwing knives but try to get 90 you know or try to buy all of them that he'll he'll sell me mm-hmm. right off the bat yeah so yeah they they might as well be made of cheese mm-hmm. yeah yeah yep, yep. but um, um yeah so buy all those um you kind of continue you know further up into the the place and you end up um to this platform that you get up to with a bell that you can ring that in one of the coolest and is this metalist you know, <laughs> cut scenes in like, or like, you know, uh, set piece things in dark souls history, which is this ghost ship showing up <laughs> and you know, audible. Yes. Can, like some, me, can something from the Goonies be considered metal? <laughs> it could totally be considered metal. Goonies okay. Metal when I will, is so metal. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, and that organ made out of bones. Yeah. That what is are you the talking about? Thing. I don't know. Yeah. I guess. I guess I'm I'm equating Goonies with my childhood, and therefore I don't I don't know. I've not I've not revisited many things from my childhood that be con- that could be considered metal. So that is a prejudice on my part. I will defer <laughs> to you guys. Yeah, it, it's yeah. about it's about criminals that keep their deformed brother locked up in the basement. <laughs> like it is. It is it's super. Like, <laughs> okay. Super metal. I think your working knowledge of the Goonies is much richer than mine. <laughs> so again, I defer. Um, Let's get a riff. Pile on. The bell actually caused me some trouble because um, I did not spot that that object was interactable. Mm-hmm. So I ended up killing every single thing in the entire zone. And then wandering around the completely empty wharf, wondering what I was supposed to do next. <laughs> I didn't yet have the guides. So I ended up having to look it up on the wiki. But, oh, yeah. that was a bell. Mm. That, I think that's something that's supposed to be helped a lot in the PC version with the higher resolution. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and this and, and the pull chain you have to use actually to get down to Hades. Yeah. Um, a lot of people miss that. And I think it's supposed to be it stands out a lot better. With that better graphic fidelity. Am I the only person who's bothered by the fact that ringing this bell only causes the ship to move 40 feet? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's totally cool. Like, I love that, like, it's lit up with, like, these ghost lights on the mast and everything like that. Like, I, I'm, I'm down. <laughs> Trust yeah. me. You know, I, I, like, I'm, I'm into the whole anarchy thing. But, <laughs> but like, it moves 40 feet. <laughs> 
Well, there, I think the reason why, so imagine, so the original purpose of this place to ferry undead uh-huh. out there, you, I can imagine like a prison ship being parked off. So, you know, prisoners are not boarding it or anything. Oh, like in like international like, hey, waters. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, 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 we have a group round, you know, rounded up for you. Mm-hmm. Come, you know, come dock so we can put them on. And then you go, you know, you don't spend time in dock so nobody tries to escape or anything. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's kind of how I, I thought of that specifically. Like it is a little bit goofy, but <laughs> yeah, that's you know once I figured out that this was a prison, you know, port. Yeah, that kind of did for me. You uh, you can hit the bell with an arrow. Yeah, um, <laughs> which, yeah, which, which, which is re- pretty pretty cool. I read but didn't immediately try to do. So I will take everything that I've read's word for it. I've that, only, I've seen a YouTube of it. Okay, so yeah. Hmm. I guess it could have been a very elaborate fake. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> somebody with Premiere and After Effects could have totally done that. Yeah, yeah it's just a guy saying, ding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, let's yeah. play. Yeah, it cuts to a guy with a mustache, like, ding. <laughs> <laughs> just like, back to the Dark Souls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, this puts you at the very top of the zone. And uh, like usually like, like a lot of zones that you're in, you know, are – at least vertically, kind of a one-way either as ascent or descent, mm-hmm. and so this is this is a little bit uh, different from everything else that you've seen in that it requires you to go up and then back down to water level again. Yeah. And speaking of that, uh, this is this is the point where I had the big "I love this game" moment. Okay. Okay. So, and you guys may not have even noticed this because I think this is a trap for new players that experienced soldiers may not even pick up on. Um, but what I really love in a game is traps, right? Yeah. yeah. So, and, and the best kind of trap is a mind fuck, like a, a, a good double bluff or just something that plays with your conceptions of, of what's going on and that your sort of meta conceptions of what the devs are likely to pull on you. And so Immediately after the bell, you're you're on that roof and you're looking down to the roof of the next building. And that building is bordered on on one side by the by the building you're standing on and on two sides by the cave wall. And the the fourth side is is just open. And you can see that that's probably not a drop that you can survive. So you're looking at this roof going. If I go down there, it doesn't look like there's any way back without dying. But there's treasure down there. There's the blue glowy down there. So you're asking yourself, would the devs put treasure in a place that I couldn't get out of afterwards? Hmm. And if you're like me, (laughs) you, you think... Probably they wouldn't. The, this game has a <laughs> reputation of being tough but fair. I, I don't think that they would put uh, put treasure in, in, a, in a fatal location. So you jump down there and you, you walk across the roof to the opposite corner and you pick up the treasure and it's two life gems and a homeward bone. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, you sons of bitches <laughs> i totally fell into your trap and this is you saying ha 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 gotcha but because we're nice guys we're going to literally throw you a bone <laughs> so here's a homeward bone so you can get back to the bonfire with your souls intact 
<laughs> but if you use it, you fucked yourself because that's the trap. No. Because what you're supposed to do is turn around 180 degrees and go look underneath the ledge that you jumped down from uh-huh. where it's fairly well concealed the next ledge that you're supposed to drop down to to get out of here. And I was that close to falling for it because I already had homeward bones on my on my use item list. Mm-hmm. And I clicked down to it and then said, wait a minute. <laughs> I'd better check a little more carefully first. Fuck yourself out of the shortcut. That's yeah. great. Yeah. That's really funny. Wow. Like, I, what I thought you were going to say was, oh, you, like, the, like the obvious ledge to jump off of puts you in a really bad position because it does a bunch of damage to you, you know, and you have a, like it puts you right in the reach of a couple of Darkstalkers that could get you. That is like five levels more cerebral than I would have gone for that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wish there had been more of that kind of thing in the game. There, there's a little bit more, like there's that don't pull this lever in, uh, <laughs> in the keep later on. Oh, yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah, that was that was also really good. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I, lo- I love that part. Yeah. That, that's maybe my favorite zone in the zone- game. I'm really looking forward to talking about Me too. About the keep. Yeah. Yeah, but, but but like that, you know, you're you're absolutely right because like you know, as as people who've been around this block just a little bit, like I'm a kind of a nerd to where homeward bones show up mm-hmm. a little bit. Like I I don't see that as a signpost that says hey turn back. Yeah, right. and plus you guys are used to like exploring every nook and cranny, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so, and uh, this is this is also the first. It's. It's sort of like this is the first level in the game where they really start playing tricks on you because the the um, like Tower of Flame is completely just linear path and and uh, Forest of Fallen Giants is mm, I mean, it's less linear, but it, there's nothing really tricky about it. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this one, they they pull this and they've got the 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 arm monsters that will totally rip off that door frame to get at you and and just yeah. uh, bunches of different stuff they they play on you to you, you have to stay on your toes now like this is the tutorial level for the devs hate you <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like they, they, you know they, they take it up to a different level right yeah. I, I hate yeah. that cliche but you know they, it, it takes it from something purely mechanical to we're going to use your assumptions about the mechanics against you yep yeah okay. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that so is good. That is a satisfying answer <laughs> to, to why you love this area. <laughs> wow. Huh. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, here looking at your notes, the next thing you've got is uh, a thing that I did not discover until this morning, actually, when I went hmm. looking to see if there was any last locations that I might squeeze out another Twinkling Titanite. And it turned out, <laughs> it turned out there was not. This was – which let me uh, – digress from this for a second are are crystal lizard inventories random or set i think so it's interesting i think they're both in this one i could be wrong about that i know that they are set to a degree because uh you know if you want like for example like the dark uh dark stone dark knight stone is only in the gutter and like or it's the gutter or black gulch but like there's one place where you can get that one um, but I also think there is a random element to it. Like, it might just so be the numbers that yeah, are random. Like, like, maybe, maybe they're picking from a list the way the crows do. 
Yeah, but you're guaranteed like the one that's I know actually where it's at. It's right before the uh, the gutter. You're guaranteed to get a dark night stone from mm-hmm. that one. So I think there are guaranteed elements and then random elements. Yeah. I, yeah. So I could be wrong about that. It's at least to a to a degree guaranteed. But well there's this um uh why I, uh, why I mentioned that is that there's this crystal lizard behind the false wall here which is this the only false wall in the game that you smash down with your weapon instead of tapping X? Because I think that's why I didn't find it. I, I didn't find it until late either. I'm kind of racking my brain to see if there are other ones, though. Because it, there's, there's, if you've, if you, assuming that you've learned from earlier locations about how hidden walls work in this game. Then you're likely to never find this one ex- unless you figured out the noise that the crystal lizards yeah. make. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting. I mean, and, and it goes into the thing of, again, this level being the we're, <laughs> we're going to trick the hell out of you level. Yeah. But. Uh, they do a, a similar thing with like a sound cue with, uh, with uh, enemies later um, in the dragon area with those rattling, exploding things mm. where like, you yeah. know that it's there, but you don't know where it's at. If you don't actually seek it out, it will ambush you. Yep. So, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, so I, I have trouble ascribing intentionality to that just because the game does kind of go back and forth on whether or not certain areas require you to press X or to attack or, you know, specifically as regards like Ferris lockstones and stuff like that. So like this being a different one almost seems like an unintentional inconsistency rather than hmm. them, you know, pl- intentionally playing tricks on you. Yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't tell. Like I, yeah. I don't necessarily yeah. love the choice of having so many different ways of there being secret walls and secret walls being indistinguishable from regular walls. Like I'm not real into that Yeah. in, uh, in this game. Um, if the you know the only thing I can think of, and it reminds me of illusory walls, and the, the first one is that it's uh, orange soapstone bait. Yeah, you know, like it is. It okay. is just evidence. Like someone's going to stumble across it, and they're relying on players to help each other out and have that fun feeling of like, oh, someone showed me this cool secret. Yeah, I, I, yeah, know? I could see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and if I'm if I'm if I'm remembering this correctly, the wall texture is different too. Like it it does that Resident Evil thing of oh this wall's been oh, plastered yeah. over. Yeah, I, when does. when I found it, yeah. I definitely did say, oh yeah, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> but pre, I mean, just the fact that previous to this. You know, if you had seen a damaged wall, you had to blow it up with gunpowder mm-hmm. or you just had it wasn't a damaged wall and it just <laughs> rose from the sky. Like there are just weird pocket doors. I never actually realized that. I wonder where those doors go if the geometry allows for that, you know, for those doors to actually sink up into the ceiling like that. But the uh, yeah, it's not my favorite thing. They do that. I like the idea of the crystal lizard being a key. I didn't find this until way late. And it frustrated me because the the ring that you get, that Royal Soldiers, uh, Royal Soldiers ring is really useful. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Anywho, um, you're ma- you're making your way down to to here. You find that court, uh, shortcut area where you can pull that chain. Um, if you're human, there is a Lucatiel summon sign here, which is starting her tradition of her summon sign being far away from the boss with lots of hazards between you <laughs> and her and the boss. Yes, yeah. uh, there are lots of opportunities to jump off to, of a cliff. yeah to drown. <laughs> like in this area, which is nothing but hazardous terrain. Yeah, like Lucatiel is not very competent. No, like, I think I was talking to Vivian about it on Facebook, and like she was wondering if it was it happened so often that he, she was wondering if it was part of her character. Like the idea that she is so shitty and she's slowly dying, and you're not really meant to be able to save her because she's not really. <laughs> good enough to, to, you know it's wow. like natural selection <laughs> i mean is she you know? is she like lucille too does she have vertigo 
Yeah. <laughs> oh. I'm okay. I'm okay. Who am I? I'm okay. Yeah. She 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 is stumbly wumbly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, I mean, everybody that I've that I've kind of encountered so far, like when I when I have set up shop to get uh, human again, which I love that chain so much. Like, if you mm-hmm. want to become human, just setting you know, like being summoned and helping them defeat the boss gets you mm, back to yeah. that like that is yeah. the, the, that is a wonderful mechanical change that i think definitely incentivizes co-op play in a way that wasn't incentivized before um you know everybody has kind of like already cleared the way to get her you know to where i would place my sign to put the you know to fight the flexile sentry mm. yeah so i'm just wondering if you know people who've been through this you know people you know people who've been through this rodeo before know to clear everything out because there is a fair amount of people who will want to kill Lucatiel between here and there and she is not that resilient no like she's good against the boss mm-hmm. actually if you can get her there yeah um because yeah. She, there's no place for her to fall off of <laughs> yeah exactly yeah you no know, weakness, weakness hole and she's you know and, and she's one of those you know along with pate you know, just one of those npcs whose quest line just changes on her surviving the boss fight yeah, and it's it's odd that this is actually one of the easiest boss fights for her to survive, even with the hazards between here and the boss. Yeah. Like, getting her to this boss is easier for me than keeping her alive during Lost Center. Yeah. You know, so. Um, I still have not successfully done that quest line. Yeah, so. I don't. Yeah, I, I didn't even learn about that possibility until it was too late to do it. Uh, I managed to do the similar one for Benhart mm-hmm. uh, by uh, by uh, Bonfire ascetic and, um for the uh, congregation, Wait, okay. which he destroys those guys. <laughs> yeah, if you can get him there, yeah, he uh, he totally wrecks shop. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I I totally missed out on uh, Pate and Lucatiel, and I ended up killing Pate anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> Instincts will serve you well if you ever continue with the series. Um, <laughs> um, on your way back down here, um, explain what you mean by this next note. Uh, with the shard because i don't know what you're getting at with that you know what i think that that was just something that i wrote down um thinking about it but just the idea uh, you know uh, again with what happens with the uh you know the what, what people suppose with the lord vessel just the, this idea of something that was once whole and then being shattered and then putting it back together in order to create something more meaningful so I'm just, you know, I'm just looking at the idea of, you know, like the Estus shards. What is this aside from a piece of another Estus flask that was, you know, possibly more significant than yours that strengthens yours by being added to it, right? And so that kind of plays to again, like, you know, where does the Lord, uh, the Lord vessel fit into all of this? Um, and then just the idea of, you know, all these other kingdoms that are broken apart and the impact that they might have on the current, you know, the current affairs. Yeah, that, so, that makes sense. I thought when when I read the note, I thought you meant the significance of its placement nope. here, which I don't think there is any. No, no. Okay. I just like just just the just the idea again, like we like we discussed last episode with the sublime bone dust, like who do those remains belong to? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that, again, anything related to this, that that feels, you know, if, if not equally significant, because there's less lore description for the Estes Shard, like it, it, it feels, you know, at least resonant with those ideas that are kind of coming to light from yeah. uh, from the fan community. Yeah. And you can even if you want to go um, slightly wankier with it, <laughs> um, you can think of that as a, a metaphor for kind of the, the memory Mm-hmm. aspect of this like you know you go into this and you're having your you're losing your memories and it's shattered but you are rebuilding something from mm-hmm. it that is has value on its own yeah you know 
through throughout the course of the game. Yeah, something like you came into this to try to repair your memories. Instead, you ended up, you know, depending on how we end up interpreting the ending, uh, doing this service for the Emerald Herald, mm-hmm. you know, which is a different goal, but is also useful yeah. from the pieces of, you know, what you thought you were doing before. Yeah. What you started as catastrophic event that broke you apart being assembled into something that is stronger than the whole. Yeah. 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 Something. And, and yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, man, that is that is as wanky as we've ever gotten in this season. <laughs> this is a, maybe this season, yes, we've yeah. gotten wankier. Than that, we've gotten but... crazy wanky, but at least so far, that's <laughs> that's pretty wanky. Um, <laughs> um, there are those two pens. We already kind of talked about those. Yeah. Um, if you have the lights on, they will stay inside their pen, which is great. Yep. Um, and, I, and I love like you, like when you get down there, you know, like depending on how long it's been since you've been from the bonfire, you can tell that they've wandered out. I think that their run animation, like their like their AI routine that that makes them go away from you as quickly as possible, only activates when you're in a certain yeah like, yeah yeah. But, oh, a player. Oh my God, light. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait a minute, which one are you? Oh, I'll go back in here now. It's cool dog. <laughs> Fucking elves on shelves. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so you get down here. You're you're back at water level, and this is this is pretty cool because you got kind of these jetties and the uh, and the you know the actual pier that's going out. Um, I love I love the Varangians that you can just totally see they're not targetable. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> yep. This yep. guy's just hanging out. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, like wait for he gets on until he gets on the boat, and we'll you know herd him in there. Essentially, I, I just want my calves to be moist. <laughs> I really... sure hope that guy doesn't have a spear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you go off to the right, you can find uh, Carhillion. Uh, he is yeah, not cookware. <laughs> yeah, he is not cookware. It's Carhillion. <laughs> but um yeah he is he, he is another in a long line of dark souls npcs who will be a complete jerk to you if your stats are not high enough yeah yeah uh, if your stats are high enough he hilariously like takes you under his wing instantly <laughs> yep. like you almost get conscripted like, you are my you new student my people oh okay <laughs> cool <laughs> this isn't really a sorcery build but fine like there you go. i was gonna go talk to hexman over by the you know by the by the woods but <laughs> sure the uh, I I think this is the when we were talking about um, I was talking about the difference between NPCs and Dark Souls One and Dark Souls Two, Lucatiel I feel satisfied with, Carhillion I don't. Yeah. Like there's not I listened to all of his dialogue today, I was trying to think of like what there is to him other than giving some backstory on other places, mm, yeah. and there's just not too much to Carhillion. Like he's he, you know he's uh what is it he's Lo- he's Diet Logan from from yeah, Dark he's Souls like, One. He's bad Logan though. Like Logan's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this is, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's garbage Logan. Yeah. Like his um, motivation is like interesting at the very least. Like he, he talks about basically just railing against academia saying all their fake smiles <laughs> and such. And he had to go away from the cloisters and the ivory tower in order to get down here where like the real souls are. And like, that's all fine and good, but there's no development. Like you just right. exhaust his he dialogue did, yeah. and he parks, exactly. he parks he's, at, uh, you know, Majula and that's it. He's static. In the um, between him and um, I can't remember the name of the guy, but the hex uh, tutor you meet, um, you do learn a lot about Melfia, and he has a really bad attitude about it as well. Mm-hmm. You, know, you get this idea that Melfia is kind of you know, kind of shitty, yeah. and you learn a little bit from Dark Souls One to Dark Souls Two. Like he talks about you know pyromancy is no longer uh, you know looked down upon in any way. Um, he talks about coming to this area because um, the magic here is somehow more primal. 
mm-hmm. um, which is interesting, and it has some kind of implications, as you know, with Vendrick's uh, you know Soulcraft and stuff that we'll get into a little bit later. But the big issue is just he never does anything. Right. Like once yeah. he gets back to to Majula, he's that's it for him. You know, is he? Uh, I mean the the um, the pyromancy lady mentions him. Does he ever mention her? Yes, he, he does. Yeah, he does. He okay. talks about he, like he took a voyage over here with her, and he refers to her as that clumsy young woman. He's yeah. he's okay. much more dismissive of her than she is of him. Yeah. She looks like she. Him. It's kind of sad. Like if there's any sadness to be found, it's in their relationship. Yeah. Like she thinks you know she's very proud to be a student of him. When you meet him, he immediately just takes you on. Because his last student got <laughs> petrified. Um, yeah. So if, if there's any character to him, it's that you know that he's just you know sociopathic to that degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, now I feel bad for pulling that trick on her where she kept pestering me for new clothes. So, <laughs> so I, so I gave her the invisible ones. That- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Um, I'll drop this here because I forgot to put it in the notes for the appendix and because this is apparently the Sean episode. But Sean on Facebook says, I'm probably super slow in picking this up, but Melfia, home to the great schools of sorcery and pyromancy, is surely a little nod to the Melf's acid arrow, especially as pyromancy Ooh. includes the manipulation of acid as well as fire from D&D, right? Either that or something to do with Milf's, and I prefer my explanation. <laughs> Stay away from Milf's acid arrow. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that's, that is, that's a bad move. Or uh, MILF's Minute Meteors. That is rough. <laughs> yeah. Well, why did I immediately go to kidney stones? <laughs> a MILF will pass kidney stones on you? What? <laughs> oh, that's gross. But, um, yeah, Sean wrote that into us on Facebook. And also his middle name on Facebook. I think he fell into the Halloween trap. His middle name on Facebook oh, yeah. is Ghost Party. That's great. <laughs> yeah. I can only be Gary Butterfield or, uh, you know, uh, uh, Ghoulie Booterfield. <laughs> Ghastly Booterfield? <laughs> yeah, Ghastly Booterfield or Gary Butterfield because I, I, you know, exhausted my, my changes. Yeah. So, oh, there, there, I did a Thanksgiving one too. I can't remember what my Thanksgiving one was, but yeah. that's all I got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, um, I, I don't know. Maybe. I like I, that. No, it, sure. uh, like, why it, not? It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Melf, uh, you know, Melf has a, a long, rich history. Those mm-hmm. Forgotten Realms cards were pretty rad. <laughs> Um, yeah, but Car- Carillion pisses me off and I thought there was going to be more to him and I listened to his dialogue today and mm-hmm. there's not much. Yeah. So, <sighs> so buy, um, some, buy some spells. You're probably not high enough stats, even if yeah. you are <laughs> to get him to Dane, not to say, Oh, the, you know, the lights are on, but nobody's home kind of thing, um, yeah. which is about what he says. There's light there, but it's dim. Come back later. <laughs> yeah. unless, unless you're seriously doing a sorcerer build it. It seems unlikely that you'll find any use for him except as somebody to to fuel your pyromancy glove if you accidentally got the lady killed. Yeah, um, for yeah. for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, so you get to the ship. Um, you know, the ship has some some uh, Varangians on it, and uh, the uh, you know you can get pincered here if you didn't get those ones that snuck up on you from the docks. <laughs> um, you know, and they've got kind of a nice little like a. Uh, little ambush set up, you know, you go to your left to fight guys and there are guys on your right with bows and arrows. Mm-hmm. Yep. To, to and that, you. sorry to interrupt, that, that dock seems precisely engineered to trick you into running down the wrong side of it to get away from guys and falling straight into the water. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yep. You really I did pull that a real so here. many times. <laughs> it's, got, it's got like a little stairway switchback, doesn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 
Yeah, it's it's like a, it's like a nice little uh, set piece. Like it, it feels like they chose the distribution of the type of you know the types of enemies that you're going to have to fight. And you know even you know the second time where I felt a little more a little bit more confident and I was you know more you know melee built affied. Um, I was still kind of kiting them around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I I don't want to keep harping on this. I already said it, and I just want to make sure it's in there before I forget about it. Back to Kerhillian. I'm going to really turn this into Kerhillian uh, bash cast. Another reason why he sucks, I think, is I can't figure out why he's here. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, what is he doing is, here? Yeah. He, he says it. Well, you know, he says why he came to Dreng Lake. Like, that's, I don't think he's saying that there is, like, soul, you know, special soul powers in No Man's Wharf. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Huh. Like, <laughs> I wonder no... if it's related somehow to what we were talking about with the pyromancy and the arm demons. If so, like there's like there's a little bit of pyromancy connection here with that item, but he doesn't seem like he you know he needs a glove. Mm-hmm. No, you know, that's he can, true. He can power him up. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, all that I can think of is like the Bastille seems a little bit more source build, it's like, like you know sorcery buildy a little bit. Crazy, yeah, he's trying to get the strayed. Yeah, yeah. Something like that for some no, reason. Or, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, he's waiting for the boat to come in and didn't know where the bell was either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's 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 kind of like I am uh, waiting for a bus. <laughs> it's it's kind of like a Laurentius in uh, Dark Souls One, you know, the pyromancy guy from that game, where you can tell like he was on the path to get to Blight Town. Yeah, right? you know, but he like, was captured. Like he had a reason to kind of stop. Like, and you know, uh, Carhelion couldn't figure out how to call the boat. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't like that. that, that no, could be I mean true, it's, but... it's stupid, but it's yeah. it's a thing that I said out loud. So. Even though, even though to be true, to be fair, everyone was captured originally. Yeah, if you listen to those dialogue things, Gavlin was captured, mm-hmm. Mel, uh, Rosabeth was captured, Curlyn was captured. Everyone has a get me out of this thing. <laughs> so, and him being captured would make more sense to me. Like, oh, he got here. The the pirates thought he was undead and strung him up. Yeah, for the boat. You know, for the next time the boat came, like that made sense to me, yeah. but. Yeah. And I love hey. the idea of everybody here being hollow and thus going on autopilot and still yeah. like, okay, everybody's all, all, all y'all undead. Got to go to the best deal. Doesn't matter. Right. What. Maybe they're not trying to kill you. They're just trying to pacify you, mm-hmm. you know, like, and they just, they go to, they can't do a false swipe on you and it's <laughs> one hit point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> nice any, Pokemon any reference, bro. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I brought up last episode too, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a false swipe just keeps coming up. Um, Pokemon move of the year. <laughs> Anyway, let's let's get to the boss. Let's get to the boss. <laughs> yeah, sorry to yeah. keep bringing up Carhillion. <laughs> but you go down, and you're on the you're in the lower levels of the ship, and uh, it's already taking on water. Uh, which I don't know why I would ever opt to cross the ocean in this, given, <laughs> given the evidence that I'm seeing. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but you but you break through the uh, through the fog wall, and here's the uh, the Flexile Sentry. with two fronts <laughs> yeah, let's, make, yeah, let's, let's make the beast of two fronts and three guns <laughs> where'd the third one come from <laughs> it's you the cursed gun that is the worst choose your own adventure romance novel the cursed gun. 
<laughs> the cursed cunt. The lost treasure of Panis. <laughs> can I? Can, just real quick, can I? Sure, sure. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. The beast with two friends. So, I love this boss fight. Um, it's pretty cool. It's it's amazing because because what it does, and like you know, aside from the lore, you know, the lore significance, which is pretty neat because it hints at stuff that's going to come later. Um, what mm-hmm. it does is this is a boss that like it's it's from designing again in context, right? They're expecting people to have, if not from the previous bosses or previous enemies, you know, like designed for people who kind of know how a Dark Souls boss works. And mm-hmm. they're discouraging two specific things: a circling around and attacking the butt, which right. is what people mm-hmm. opt to do because you know it's Dark Souls, right? And b taking your time, like you like you're going yeah. to play conservatively at least your first time. And a, mm-hmm. as we've established, it's got two fronts and one back and three guns. And yeah, <laughs> and circling around back just gets you a face full of mace. Yeah, you can't <laughs> find the party gun no matter how many times you circle. Yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> and second off, the more time you spend here, the more the area fills up with water. And even though it never gets like, you know, Demon Souls 5-2 level bad, it slows you down a little bit and it yeah. makes you less able to uh, to kite them around. Or it makes you panic. Oh, yeah. Like, I did not realize that you, you couldn't drown. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, oh, shit, this is great. <laughs> like, <laughs> this isn't um, the last puzzle from Uninvited. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you, you can't. Uh, and he's, he's one of these things, too, where. He, he is really well designed for the reasons you mentioned for a melee character. Mm-hmm. He's one of the bosses that Dark Souls where they have those uh, asynchronous difficulty depending on how you're approaching him. Mm-hmm. Because if you are a ranged character, he's pretty easy. Yeah. yeah. Like he is yeah. easy for sorcery or miracles. Yeah. I, I no totally problem. cheesed him with fire bombs. Mm. Yeah. He's very easy at range. But he's very, very cool for melee. <laughs> so. What uh, what kind of character did you play the first time through, Riff? Um mainly uh, ranged. It started out spears because I found a sweet winged spear. Mm. And then midway through, I got um, the uh, Black Knight halberd and used that a lot. And then around the end, I switched back to spears because the crows gave me that uh, uh, trident of dancing. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Oh my gosh, you got that. So Yeah, it's great. (laughs) But um, mainly spears and bow is what I rocked. And, uh, And no shield just dodgy dodgy nice sweet that's brave on your first uh first playthrough definitely that is unusual mm-hmm. good job yeah. i i tried shields to start out with but i i couldn't really get the hang of like i'd take a hit on the shield and then the guy would immediately attack again and break through it and i was <laughs> like maybe i should learn how to just not be hit <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is very quick of you <laughs> yeah yeah, but uh, but yeah, this uh, the, the, this boss. If you have to get close to him at all, um, really, it becomes a game of picking which side you want to fight. Yeah, and yeah. then recognizing that no matter what, and frequently, um, the other side will be able to uh, attack you. The the coolest attack he has is if you're fighting the the club side, and <laughs> the uh, he bends over forward slash backwards, mm. and he stabs you with the katanas and then puts yeah. you into the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of my friend Derek, who I mentioned a lot on the show. Um, he always told a story about when he was like this little shit. Um, like he used to, he's like, I was really annoying as a kid. And he showed me these videos of it. And he's always really annoying in the videos. And he said his older brother used to pick him up and press him into the ceiling. <laughs> like as a, in a way that brothers beat up brothers. Like not in a way that like, you know, we should 
get his brother tried for this. <laughs> but it reminded me of that. I was like, oh, he's really Derek and me with this with these katanas. But mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, I just like I, I feel like this is a really neat technical fight to engage yeah. in, even if it is and, you know on the easy side. And they yeah. put that pillar in the middle of the room so you can use that to your advantage to gain a little bit of distance. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, okay. I, I'm not sure if there are any other lessons that it's trying to teach you. I mean, like we can talk about the lore just a little bit. Like, Oh in, yeah. We should his, say what this guy is. Yeah. And in, in his, in his soul description and then, you know, uh, frustratingly all of his weapons kind of say roughly the same thing. You know, this is a being that was commissioned by Vendrick to kind of be like a warden or to be, you know, the thing that was in charge of rounding up, uh, kind of the undead that wouldn't fit in the dungeons on the mainland to kind of ship mm-hmm. off to a faraway land, uh, which ends up being the Lost Bastille. So, you know, this is, you know, what is it? If You can feel free not to pay your taxes, but you're going to go to the, you're going to huh? spend, you know, the entire week <laughs> with the pain monster. Like, this is the pain monster. <laughs> yeah. Well, it plays into that whole, like, once you, you know, things just carrying out their duties. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. to, to its perspective, you are just a hollow that walked in here. Yeah. You know, it's going to show you a world of hurt. Um, and and therefore it is a shadow of the Colossus esque tragedy. It's Nuremberg, (laughs) right? He totally was just doing his job. He was following orders. Yep. That's what I'm getting at. Again, world war two. I'm going to lean into it. (laughs) Now that we've established that this is my thing, I'll be the monster that you all think I am. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's interesting that there's another one of these guys later, Mm -hmm. uh, blocking the path to the, uh, the shrine. Yeah, I don't like that one as much. (laughs) I feel like it's fine that he's there and it makes a sense. Um, However, I feel like they should have done a different sentry for that. Like this one I think is whole and that one feels a little, you know, crappy. Certainly the the geography of that location made it extremely easy fight because you're – you see him way off in the distance because you're up a hill, and I yeah. had poison arrows, so <laughs> it was it was no big deal. Yeah, he's no no match for that. Yeah. yeah. And then after you beat the flexile sentry, you go upstairs immediately, check the music box thing, and miss <laughs> the pyro glove. <laughs> so that's what you do. And let, you know, if if you're smart and you look around, you don't. But that's exactly what I did. I had no idea yeah. there was a pyro glove here. Like, I, I only failed. To, I only did not miss that because I knew the pyro glove was there because I had I had looked in the wiki going, where do I get the pyro glove? <laughs> <laughs> I need me some fire. Where is that? <laughs> I, I, I like the idea of you not knowing a pyromancy is, but just hearing pyro glove and wanting it. <laughs> yeah. like if there was such thing as a pyro glove, like I would name your price. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm, I'm buying it. So I, I had a uh, – so – I run into weird situations at work um, and, you know, one of my fellow people who does my job uh, instant messaged me today asking me a request that I hear the kind of occasionally, which is, do you know of any pyrotechnics experts? <laughs> and my response was, I know of some pyro enthusiast experts. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So, yeah, anything with pyro, you can just attach enthusiast and also glove to it and everybody will be in <laughs> mm-hmm. enthusiasm porno glove. for pyro gloves <laughs> we, we <laughs> will make great dark sockers <laughs> hmm. do you find uh do you find a dark stalker in the uh in the place that we're not going to say because of spoilers uh no no okay or the, no 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 we're not 
you don't, which is like you mentioned that earlier and it made me think like, oh, I'm not sure. But no, you don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so you go up here and you examine a music. It looked like a music box to me. Yeah. It, it looks like some or kind a roulette of, table. <laughs> yeah. It's like a roulette. It's a gambling yeah. boat. It's a riverboat. <laughs> yeah, lady luck, lady luck. Don't put me in jail yeah. now. Also, also don't go on a riverboat. It's awful because <laughs> what it means is you are trapped in a place that has gambling people. <laughs> <laughs> being, being in Cincinnati, I have at least three rivers, all of which have riverboats, and I've been on at least two of them, and both of them were irredeemable. Don't go on a riverboat <laughs> to gamble. Have you ever thought maybe the third one would work though? A little bit. Give it a shot, Cole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah break that losing streak yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're they're garbage i read it as like some kind of weird uh you know just navigation tools like i call it i called it in the notes an astrolabe because that's what it kind of looked like but I don't yeah, know. It, I mean, it's probably what it is it yeah. just looks it's a little ambiguous and the prompt when you walk up to it is examine not activate boat <laughs> So <laughs> thus, turn on boat. Yeah, not not go. You go boat now. The, um, <laughs> and what? when you when you arrive, and we'll talk about this, you don't arrive on the boat. You arrive on the shore with the boat already leaving. Yeah. Um, so you do not get another chance of that pyro glove unless you go back to the boat from Ugh. the wharf. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, that I mean, that's really it for No Man's Wharf. What What do we want to say? Is there anything else we want to hit about this area? What it makes me think of is, you know, there, there's been more information, especially with the PC version having come out so recently, um, you know, just about people lamenting the loss of the, of the old lighting engine that they kind of showed, mm -hmm. just like how different things looked in the initial version. So for me, what all, all that I can think of kind of now in hindsight and having, you know, re, you know, replayed this area is how different would it be if it was kind of that, you know, sure as Kuro, uh, you know, dark and absolutely needing a torch kind of place. Um, you know, just, and I'm wondering if that's ever going to be a place where, you know, uh, patchers and, you know, fan updates and modders are going to get it back to that kind of really high contrast lighting and if that will serve this or if from did it for a reason that was not entirely technical, you know, performance based, right? Like they yeah. said, Oh, we actually, we actually like totally need light to see. Otherwise this is not fun. <laughs> yeah. You can't take the whole game and make you not have a shield. Yeah. yeah right? Pretty much. Yeah. The, um, yeah, I, I, I agree. And I don't, I also don't know, but I will try it. You know, mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to trying mods. Whenever, whenever the low light mod comes out, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the opposite of the flashlight mod, mod from Doom, Doom 3. Yeah. Whenever you right click, yeah. the, um, your, the light goes down <laughs> the darkness lamp. <laughs> it's a cool idea. Um, yeah. Any, any final thoughts, Riff? Uh, I think we covered everything I had in mind. Yeah. That was a thorough examination of No Man's Wharf. Yeah. Um, uh, what do we do next time, Cole? Well, next time we will finally explore the Lost Bastille um, and see what kind of became of all the undead who were shipped uh, through the No Man's Wharf. Um, and we're going to be joined by Phil Collar of uh, Polygon.com. Um, again, mm -hmm. uh, picking <laughs> podcast people that I like <laughs> to, to be on the show. <laughs> so, so, yeah, we, we are looking forward to that. Yeah. And, and a quick note, even though we can only explore a portion of the Lost Bastille at this point in the game, we are, since we're going geography based, we're going to talk about all of the Lost Bastille. Yeah. So even the parts you can't get to until later, we're still going to talk about them. Right. So we're doing the whole Bastille. So <laughs> buckle your engines. Um, <laughs> the, yeah. the whole Bastille. That sounds like the worst <laughs> euphemism. 
What, did she give you the whole Bastille? <laughs> oh. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Gun and all. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Yes. Oh, yeah. Back alley my, in Paris? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my sinner my rose. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't used to lose my sinner. But as you get older. Um, <laughs> Everything was very oily. <laughs> yeah. Too far. Okay. Yeah. Oily take... and on fire. Yeah. <laughs> let's take this back a step. Um, Riff, Riff, where can people find you? Um, well, let's see. Um, on Twitter, I'm at Rifflesby. Um, you can play the fun online game that I write silly jokes for at kingdomofloathing.com. And uh, you can listen to the podcast of which I am a third of, which is uh, Video Games Hot Dog, available on iTunes and I think videogameshotdog.net.com. .com. Dot com. One of those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't beat yourself up. You guys got a dot com. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you know, not to not not to start S&D or anything, but like Video Games Hot Dog is like my favorite video games podcast oh, out there. Like, 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 like for real. And, you know, one of the coolest things that's kind of come out of doing this podcast thing and, you know, being involved in something awful and, you know, just doing, <laughs> getting whatever measure of like listenership we have is kind of getting hooked up with you guys and being yeah, able to totally. do whatever kind of like crossovers. So I would recommend everybody who listens to this, if you're interested in kind of like modern games and, uh, you know, like especially weirder stuff that's kind of at the corners, go check that out if you're not already. So yeah. podcast bros, podcast fist bump. <laughs> yeah, <boom. laughs> uh, loads and sods. <laughs> <laughs> loads and sods. The, um, <laughs> the, yeah, it, I, I like that podcast quite a bit too. And I also, it's been fun to meet you. I was disappointed because um, I met Zach. Um, and yeah, I was hoping yeah. that uh, that you were also in uh, San Fran. No, but, unfortunately not. Are you guys doing? Uh, are you guys doing the next uh, Portland Gaming Retro Expo? Yeah. Okay. Yes, we are. Cool. I am planning to go to that then. So. No, that's fantastic. Yeah, that that'll be a blast. That, yeah, that is uh, the, that is quickly becoming just like a a, a ten pole of my year is going there yeah. and meeting people. So, yeah. so I, I I am very hardened to hear that. Yeah, that's great. Then, yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So uh, if you you know if you like this show, if you want to hear other shows by us, if you go to uh, duckfeed.tv, you can check out. Uh, we mentioned watch out for fireballs earlier, uh, doing Shadow of the Colossus, um, which will by the time you hear this, they'll come out uh, the next week. Not previous. Um, one. We, Previous week. Wow. Um, <laughs> it will just come out. Time is time you wind me. Yes, time is time you wind me and Duckfeed. Um, but we have a lot of other shows as well. Um, you can check out The Level, which is Cole and some friends from college who do a modern video game roundtable audio magazine. And uh, Those Damn Ross Kids, which is a comedy show he does with his brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good as well. And uh, you can check out check it out, comrade. I will never not say that, so I apologize for the redundancy. <laughs> which is uh, which is Gary and uh, his and my friend Nick uh, talking about indie games in a non spoiler free way, and then the ending music plays, and then they talk about it in a spoiler way. So it is mm-hmm. a great way to discover new stuff you should pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, also kind of related to this, uh, we have written content on the network as well. Uh, so Hexcrank is the uh, survival horror blog that I write. And then also uh, our friend from the level, Dennis Furia, is, uh, fi- <laughs> I say finally, mm-hmm. but it's entirely my fault. Uh, <laughs> just, that, <laughs> just now uh, being able to launch because I got off my ass, the uh, the daddening blog, where he's talking about having a kid. So, yeah. 
all the mechanics and, and level design <laughs> yeah. involved in that. Um, also want to make a note, um, at the time you were hearing this, if you go to uh, youtube.com forward slash watch out for fireballs, I have started my Dark Souls 2 Let's Play. Hmm. And uh, the the two word spoiler for that is uh, and is is whip fast. So it is uh, nice. whip fast is finally here. <laughs> we've been we've been hinting at whip fast for a while, and now whip, whip fast has arrived. Now so. that whips are a tenable build for somebody who's yeah. not Lobos, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, I am not Lobos. I do mild challenge runs. So, are you, you uh, Belmonting it up? Did you get the uh, the old I, one? I think I'm going to try to get the old whip. Um, and and I actually I'm gonna get the old whip. I'm gonna keep resetting until I get it. But my goal eventually <laughs> is to power stance two whips um, because you can do that and it looks hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah, I tried that on Bendrick, but uh, my whips did not last through the entire fight. <laughs> so that's, well, kind of that, yeah, that's the issue. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know what? And, and boy, this is bad to throw this in the end. I forgot about that. Is this that's a kind of an area theme for this too? It totally oh, is. This is a terrible organization. Yeah, but like you are going to run out of weapon durability because this area is so long. Yep. The oh, first yeah. time I fought Flexile Sentry, I had to I was using the fire sword and I freaked out and had to switch weapons through the menu to the broadsword halfway oh, through the Oh no. Fight. Oh my <laughs> and god. I, and I totally didn't. It was really intense and I can't believe you I forgot about it. You actually survived that? That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was really cool. Like I baited him into a corner, ran to the other side and just menued like I'd never menued before. <laughs> and he ended up hitting me, but I dodged out of the way of the second shot and was able to heal. It was really cool. I can't yeah. believe I forgot about that. I think it, I've just played this game a few times now, so that's not the most recent flexile encounter I've had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but definitely ran mm. into that in the, the the first time as well, and I that that is, I feel responsible for that because I didn't put it in the notes. But yeah, yeah. no, it's okay. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and just in relation to the you know to to, to the whole network thing, uh, you will have heard this at the at the beginning. Riff, we haven't recorded this, so don't don't worry if this catches you off guard. Uh, you know, uh, check out the Patreon that we just launched, uh, duckfeet.tv/tipjar. There will be an image there and a link, and uh, consider like even a dollar. Uh, from any person per month is going to be incredibly helpful towards helping us do, you know, things like the Portland uh, retro game show kind of thing for mm-hmm. Watch Out for Fireballs. So just a reminder of that if uh, if you have uh, the the time and the inclination and the resources. Yep. Cool. Agreed. Cool. And uh, until next time, uh, what should they do? Mm, they can wheel. Mm-hmm. And they can deal. <laughs> what, if, can... what if they get all sick of wheeling? <laughs> they can deal. Okay. Okay. They can call. Oh, you, a backup. They can call you Ray, and they can call you Jay. <laughs> you can call me Wheel, and you can call me Deal. <laughs> also, they can seek misery. Unless this land swallow you whole, like it has so many others. Umbasa. Umbasa. Praise the sun. And we all pray that we will have far more soon. 